breaking news. This just in, folks. Rapper Homage from Carson City, Nevada, is now the most famous, richest, smartest, most intelligent, handsome, awesome person in the whole entire universe. Nobody could have expected this, but this is what's happening. It is 2020, folks. Welcome to Knowledge with Homage. I'm your host, David Castle, up in this bitch. That first headline's not necessarily true, not until next year, but it's happening, you know, it's inevitable, it's just gonna go that way. Hope everyone's doing good out there, having a good old time, you know, I hope everyone had a great 2019, but maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't have a good year, and that's fine too, you know, sometimes you have a shitty year, fuck it, man, that's why they make uh, next year, right? You can always, uh, always go for next year, right? That's what I'm going to do. Actually, I had a great 2019, one of the best years of my entire life. And I hope you guys can say the same. But maybe you can't. Which is why you got to do next year as your best year. And maybe even if tomorrow, you know, next year is not your best year. And tomorrow's not your best day. And, and uh, today sucks. It's all right, guys. Just chill. Last day of the year, New Year's Eve. Ah, what a time. What a beautiful time of year. Good stuff, man. This this time between Christmas and New Year's Eve is uh it's an interesting time of year. A lot of families are together hanging out, you know, sharing in the joy with one another, getting drunk, doing lots of drugs, cocaine, mushrooms, acid. I haven't done any of those, but I think last year around this time I was I was dabbling. I didn't have a job. I was about to go on a big trip across the world. I was chilling. But this time of this year, I'm in a completely different place. You know, at the end of the year, you're supposed to reflect on on what you did throughout the year, how you've changed, how you've grown as a person, your growth and progress. How has your personality changed? What did you learn? Is there somebody new in your life now? Is there somebody who's not in your life anymore? How did that affect you? You're supposed to think about this shit, man. And then you go into the next year with that in mind and you make some changes and adjustments and that's where the New Year's resolutions come from and that's all fine and dandy. Most people don't stick to the resolutions, but hey, not everyone's perfect. I don't think I have one resolution I've ever stuck to. I don't even make them anymore. My resolution is no resolutions. If you don't make a resolution, you can't fuck it up. Eh, my 2019, the beginning of 2019. Well, I quit my job at the end of 2018, which I'm back at now. I totally gave in. I'm such a fucking sellout. I'm such a hypocrite. I told everyone, I would always tell people, ah, man, if you don't like the job, just quit it. Don't go back there. There's so many opportunities and jobs. Just do what you want. Follow your heart. You know, money's not everything. And I fucking hated this job, and I quit it, and I was so stoked. I went and traveled across Asia. I I did a bunch of traveling within the United States, a bunch of camping, chilling, making music. Just didn't have a job. And then I ran out of money, and I was like, fuck, I need a job. Went looking for jobs. Everything out there sucks. I mean, just have no qualifications, no skills. I went to fucking community college for two years. Nobody's trying to fucking hire me. Nobody gives a fuck. I mean, if they do hire you, they're going to give you 10 bucks an hour, and that's nothing. You know, you can't live off that shit. And if you're making 10 bucks an hour out there, no offense, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But I knew I could make more money selling cars. I f- sold my soul, went back to the car business. Here I am. It fucking sucks. People suck, dude. They're such dicks. Uh, 
And I think it's just people who want to buy new cars. They're such cocksuckers. Some of them, not everyone. I've worked with some very nice people. You know, sold cars to a lot of cool motherfuckers. But a lot of douchebag people are out here <clears throat> trying to buy some new cars. And I seem like a douchebag, too. Nobody likes car salesmen. So I'm just in a bad position. I fucked it up myself. Anyways, <laughs> back to the beginning of 2019. Went on a great trip across Asia. I went to Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, fucking Indonesia, Philippines, saw all kinds of wonderful stuff, met all kinds of great people, learned a lot about myself even. You know, I, I just learned that I can really do it. I could do it on my own, man. I don't need nothing. Just give me a bag and, and a wallet. I need some money. I know that. Everyone needs that. And there's no avoiding that. But, you know, sometimes it, it takes a trip to find yourself, you know. You got, you got to go somewhere else to really discover who you are as a person. And that's what I did. I, I'm no fucking different than when I left. It's all the same shit. I knew who I was before, unfortunately. But for some people, it takes that. I talk to some people who are traveling. They're like, yeah, man, you learn anything about yourself, dude? Like, oh, I've learned so much about myself. <laughs> and I was like, nah, man, I, same old me. Same dude. Anyways. So what did you learn for 2019? What did you do? What was your most fantastic moment where you were just there and you really said, ah, this is what life is all about. Everything is okay. I would say that moment for me was... I don't know. I had a lot of them. I, I did a bunch of awesome stuff. I really can't complain about this year. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have been able to experience the things I've experienced and met the people who I know and and just share good times with them. I think one of my favorite things I did this year was go travel across Utah and, and see all the national parks and stuff. It's so beautiful out there. It's just breathtaking. It's amazing. How did God do it? I don't know. I don't know, man. He's a pretty good artist, though, whatever you want to call it, him, her, nature, whatever. Went to Arches National Park. I fucking love it there. It's so awesome. Canyonlands, that's by Arches. Just these giant, majestic canyons of red rock that you could just get lost in and fucking die and cut your arm off because it's trapped against a boulder and a fucking cliff. And you rode your mountain bike out there like 30 miles and your name's James Franco. Your name's James Franco? Anyways. That place is cool. Canyonlands is dope. I went to uh, Arches, like I said, Zion Canyon, Bryce Canyon, the Grand Canyon. It's just amazing. If you haven't been there, just go. You have to do it. It's awesome. But did you know the average person only spends 15 minutes at the Grand Canyon? What a bunch of idiots, man. You drove all the way there. You're only going to spend 15 minutes. You know what? You know why? They just take a few pictures. It takes about 15 minutes to get the proper selfie. Uh, in 15 minutes, you probably take 150 pictures, you know, 10 pictures a minute. It depends how fast you're clicking, but you're going to want to, you know, find new spots, get new views. So in order to get the best picture, it's going to take you about 15 minutes. Maybe you want to put your phone down, smoke a bowl, drink a beer. But I spent days there. I could I could live there, man. Up there on the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Shit. That's some nice stuff, man. Some of my least favorite moments of 2019 would be... I don't know. 
Let's just not even talk about those. Who cares? Fuck 20, you know, fuck bad moments. It, probably something to do with the government and, and just looking up every day and seeing how they're spraying us with these chemtrails, looking around me and just noticing how nobody notices. And then how I, when I notice, people call me crazy. They try to make fun of me. Oh, dude, digital clouds. Fuck you, man. You dumbass. <laughs> But they do, man. They say that shit. They don't care. Nobody's going to look into it. You would think if you knew somebody and he was like, you know, so well versed in the topic and just, you know, and we'll talk about it and, and, and produce content with regards to that. You would think you would look into it just out of curiosity or respect for the other person. You know him. Why don't you look into it and find out for yourself? But most people won't do that. Everyone knows it all. They're stuck in their own little bubble. And, you know, they got that cognitive dissonance thing going on. That prevents them from wanting to research anything that doesn't jive with their existing perception of reality because it's just going to destroy everything. If you find out you're wrong, then it's the end of the world. And it takes a very special person to be able to admit that he's wrong and learn what's right and, and figure out the truth. Most people don't care about the truth. And it doesn't mean that they're dishonest people. It doesn't mean that they lie all the time and they just do horrible things to the people they love. It just means that they're not as curious about their surroundings as other people, people such as myself, which is uh, you know, probably good for them and their own health and well-being because once you start finding out what's really going on, it's going to drive you fucking nuts, man. It's just crazy out there, like the, the actual shit that is going on in this world. So I, I, uh, sometimes you wish you don't know. You know, sometimes you wish you didn't know because it's extremely depressing. And, uh, but it is what it is. You know, I'm not too depressed. I'm chilling, having a good old time. And I hope you are too. Can't let it get to you, man. You got to separate yourself. George Carlin talked about this. He said, you know, somebody asked him, how do you, you know, knowing what you know about the world and, and your, your take on things and how fucked up everything is, how do you stay sane and just maintain and you know, have that positive outlook and, and look on the bright side and make things funny. He said, well, you know, I'm just an observer. I don't include myself in it. I don't vote. I don't, you know, I don't think that I'm a part of this system. I'm just separated from it and I'm observing it and watching and laughing. You know, I was I was born here into this life to to watch this show that's going on and, and I'm just here for the ride, man. And that's kind of how I feel sometimes. Uh, but you have to participate in society. You can't just be a fucking recluse or a, a Gnostic just living in a cave somewhere fucking eating bugs and, and barley you made from sagebrush and pine cones I don't even know if you could do that but you don't want to do that you gotta live in society somewhat you gotta have friends and, and participate in activities and fucking hang out ride your skateboard and shit and go shred the gnar in the mountains Anyways, that's what's going on. And, you know, 2019 was a strange year across the world. It, it, one thing in particular that was striking for me as far as something I'd never seen anything like it before was when I went to Paradise, California a couple months ago and filmed that music video, which I still haven't released, but I'll put it out soon. I got a couple things I have to do first and shit. Uh, but just seeing the total devastation of that town and just how unexplainable it was. I mean, you see these cars that are completely burnt to a crisp and all these houses that disappear and then you look around and then the forest is still there. All the trees are fine and they're old growth trees. They couldn't have just grown in a year or two. They're like 
hundred-year-old trees, and they're still standing. All the needles are on them, and and all the leaves and stuff. And this is just normal, and we just accept this as being normal. Nobody questions it any further. I mean, some people do, but very few, because these are the same type of people who who will question everything, you know. And they're a rare breed. But then, right now, you have the Australian wildfires, and I saw some pictures of a. Uh, a community in Australia that burnt down, and it looked, I could have been looking at pictures from Paradise that I took. It looked exactly like it. And, you know, I would not be surprised if if they're using the same type of technology to, to burn down fucking wherever in the world, man. They do whatever they want. Nobody cares. You know, nobody, people care. Obviously, somebody cares when their house burns down and their fucking town disappears. But, I mean, nobody cares with regards to trying to, you know, expose them and stop them and stuff. Very few people, actually. Some people do, but most people don't. And it's one of those things that goes back to the cognitive dissonance, being ostracized from society for thinking something differently than the masses. It's an extremely effective way of controlling people is to make somebody seem crazy for going against the norm because it's a primitive urge to go with the tribe. If if you are ostracized from your tribal unit, that means death. That goes back tens of thousands of years, perhaps hundreds of thousands of years to when humans were still living in caves and you had to stick together. If you got you know thrown out on your own, if you pissed somebody off in your tribe or your little village, you were fucked. So we have that ingrained in our psyche and it is an incredibly effective, powerful way of controlling society. Just brainwash everyone. They know they can't get every single person. You know, you can't get 100% of the population. But if you get 90% of that population, then the other 10% just has to go along with it anyways because they're outnumbered. And and even if they do think differently about certain subjects, most of the time they're not going to talk about it because you're going to sound weird, you're going to sound like an idiot, people are going to call you names, and you might get ostracized from society. You're not going to have any homies anymore, you know? Nobody's going to want to hang out, man. Nobody likes that shit. Anyways, I was, you know, I, when I get bored, I'm such a fucking nerd. You know, I got all these books. I hardly ever even read them. <laughs> I had a room full of books that I never read. Uh, once I got into audiobooks, it became hard for me to sit down and read a book. And then I work all day. My eyes get all fucked up. Ever since I went to New York City, my eyes are all fucked up. And anyways, I'm getting glasses. That's another story. But it makes it hard to read. And I just, I'm lazy now. So I'll watch documentaries or something. And my big thing is I'm always watching like a World War II documentary. I've fucking seen them all. And I just find it so interesting how people can slaughter each other on that huge of a scale. And that was just normal. Like, that was what was happening, man. World War II was fucked up. And it's amazing, dude. And one of the particular slaughters that I find intriguing was the bombing of Dresden. In February of, ah, was that? February of 1945. It was towards the end of the war. Germany was already about to surrender to the Allies, and then and then we decided that we're just going to blow up Dresden, Germany, completely and utterly destroy it. And it was the most catastrophic, devastating attack of the war, arguably. We blew a lot of people up in Tokyo, in um, obviously Nagasaki and Hiroshima, where they dropped the nuclear bombs. But the bombing of Dresden, Germany, was completely unsolicited, 
I, I won't say it was unsolicited because Germany had been blowing up England and France for, you know, a long time. But uh, the Allies, the, the English and the Americans, they struck back like tenfold. They came back way harder, dropped, you know, hundreds of thousands of tons of bombs and just blew it to smithereens and ten times worse than the Germans ever did to anyone. And uh, when they bombed Dresden, you know, the original number of dead that they came out with, now it was 250,000, but I'll get back to that. Let me tell you about what Dresden was like uh, at this time. It was one of the most beautiful cities in all of Europe and and in Germany, definitely the most beautiful city in Germany. It was an artistic city, ancient buildings that are just beautifully designed and and these these statues and all this artwork from the finest minds in Europe and, and artists and, and all these German people because uh, Germany was an incredibly advanced you know culture. They were just at the top of their game, man. They ran shit. That's why they almost took over the fucking world you know, by themselves, pretty much. I mean, obviously they had their allies. You had Italy and Japan and shit, but they were fucking shit up. They're just a little country, man. They don't have that many people there, but they're very smart and uh, good artists as well. And you can look up pictures of Dresden, Germany prior to when it got blown up. And it was a very popular vacation destination for cultured people, people who appreciated the finer things in life because this city was just gorgeous. It was amazing. And, and intricately designed and just amazing architecture and, and awesome stuff. So, it and it didn't really have any military industry. You know, the, it wasn't a huge military target, so nobody expected it to be attacked. In fact, it was the place where refugees from Germany, just regular people, you know, living in little villages and shit, um, who weren't even really associated with the Nazis. They lived in Germany and, and they had to be subjected to Nazi rule and, and kind of do what they were told because they fucking live there. There's not much you can do against that. Um, you know, if they were refugees, their town got blown up, they would all go to Dresden. And then there was like a lot of people living there because of that. It, it, it like tripled the population just from people who didn't have any homes. So... They went to hang out in Dresden and hopefully wait out to the end of the war. And things kind of, it was like business as usual over there in Dresden. Just a beautiful city full of civilians. There wasn't a, a huge military presence there. It wasn't a military target. But the Allies still decided to blow it up as like, uh, who knows, man, a satanic ritual or a fucking, I don't know how you would justify it. But they killed 250,000 people. And they they didn't even bomb like a military target. They didn't bomb an oil refinery or a, a, a manufacturing depot. There was some weapons manufacturing on a on a small scale in comparison to you know what else was out there. And those this was on the outskirts of town. They didn't blow that up. They decided to target the the marketplace, the civilian marketplace in the middle of the day when everyone would be there doing their shopping and getting their groceries and just living their life. And they came through with, like, the most intense bombing force ever seen and just blew all these people to smithereens. I mean, it was just absolutely horrific. All these innocent people who did nothing, they were just fucking going about their days, and we blew them up and just 250,000 people, man, in one day. In one bombing fucking swift, in one swift pool. 
Uh, Kurt Vonnegut writes about this in his book Slaughterhouse-Five. It's like a fictional, factual book because he was actually there. Kurt Vonnegut was in World War II. He was captured and turned to a prisoner of war, and he was brought to Dresden, and he was forced to do some work there for the Germans. And they put him in a slaughterhouse, and they were all in the basement of this giant slaughterhouse when the attack came. And he talks about going out there and having to you know, clean up all of these bodies and try to clean up this city that was just completely destroyed. And it was one of the, he talks about how it was the most beautiful city he had ever seen. And it was just absolutely amazing. It's just, it, it seemed like it hadn't been touched by the war. Like there was no war going on. And this was just an awesome city to be in. And then, and then they came through and just completely obliterated it and just destroyed everything. All of this, you know, priceless architecture and artwork and just amazing feats of, human engineering were destroyed in one day because, you know, for no reason. It didn't further the word. The Germans were about to fucking surrender anyways. And, you know, they say it was to break their spirit, blah, blah, blah. Who knows, man? Who knows what these people's real intentions are when they have no problem murdering millions of people? You know, that's the intention. That's the real intention behind these wars is just to kill people. I think there's a force on this planet who's controlling shit. They're incredibly rich, like beyond Illuminati rich. You know, at that Illuminati level is where you start getting this rich. And then you just feed off of everyone's suffering. That's just how you exist. You don't even eat food anymore. You don't need fucking water. You just, you drink champagne once in a while, but that's it. And baby's blood and shit. And you just feed off of the suffering of the masses. And that's how you exist. And that's why you need to have these wars every once in a while. Uh, so you can, you know, stay healthy. <laughs> so you can stay healthy, man. You gotta fucking, that's like their vitamins. But um, the reason why I mention this and go into this long, shitty description of the bombing of Dresden um, is because they have since gone back and, you know, the finest minds in science and the finest historians have gone back and reanalyzed what happened there. And they decided that no more than 25,000 people were uh, killed in Dresden, as opposed to 250,000. And then they say that uh, Joseph Goebbels, who was the director of propaganda in Germany, in Germany, uh, he they said that he added an extra zero to make the Germans look more uh, pitiful and to make it look like, you know, it was worse than it actually was. So it was all his idea to make it seem like way more people were killed. Not to say that 25,000 people isn't a lot. It certainly is. But it's not as many as 250,000. And, you know, but it just blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. This is really like some 1984 shit. Because that was uh, the guy's job in 1984. The main character was to go through old news headlines and then change them according to whatever the fucking agenda was now. You know, so he would go back in the old newspapers and then he would completely rewrite them. He would like X out the headlines and then put in his own and make it seem like, you know, the government didn't do something that bad. You know, they made it seem like less severe than it was. And uh, this is happening. This really happens. This is the real world that we live in where we just, you know, go back, rewrite history and say, oh, no, we didn't do that. 250,000. No, pff, we would never do that. It was only 25,000. That's nothing. 25,000 women and children. I mean, that's that's not a big deal. 
Uh, but they actually did that, and uh, it's just crazy. So I thought that was weird. How would you know? How do you know how many people got killed? Uh, people die, though. What can you do? Now, uh, what should I talk about next? I got some other World War II stuff I could talk about, but it's a touchy subject. Uh, anyways, uh, I'll go into architecture since, since that's a good, uh, a transition there. So Dresden had all this beautiful architecture and you could look around in the world and see, you know, prior in the 1800s, 1700s, there were these magnificent cities that were just amazingly built and just had the most wonderful architecture. Why don't we fucking build like that anymore? You ever think about that? Like, why is every building that gets built so fucking boring and ugly? Even the fancy ones that are supposed to be, like, you know, world-renowned, they don't look that good. It's this modern architecture that's just bland and boring and fucking whack. Why do we build like this now? I mean, look around your city. Go to your fucking strip mall and your gas station. Is this a wonderful feat of of architecture? No, it fucking sucks, man. It's ugly. Our towns are ugly. My town's fucking hideous. You know, it's it's little shitty strip malls and shit and very poorly done buildings and, uh, you know, a couple casinos, but everything looks like shit. It's not beautiful. It's not something that, you know, you should be proud of. Yeah, I get everybody likes their own city and, and people are, you know, take pride in that but let's be honest with each other most of our towns and cities and and our buildings look like shit it's it's nothing nothing special and the only time that you see an interesting feat of architecture and and good stone masonry and 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 carvings and statues and stuff is on a like a 100 or 200 year old building and why is that what have we lost since then where we can't build like that anymore and we just, you know, throw together some average-ass-looking shit? No personality to it. No flair. It's not beautiful. It's not awesome. It's just normal. It's bland. Nothing sticks out. You're not going to remember it. It's just fucking go to your fucking job, you slave, and do what I fucking say and then go home and and drink a little gin. And that's all you get. And smoke your shitty cigarettes. But don't smoke too many because you only get a few. Only get a few a day in 1984. But really, I've been thinking about that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think it was because of the mud flood. I don't know if you've heard of the mud flood. But apparently, I don't know if I believe in this. I've done a little research into it, but there's, like, no firm evidence. There's, It's just very sketchy, like... Super fringe conspiracy shit when you get into the mud flood. But I'm interested in it. So I've been doing a little research. Not not necessarily saying I believe in it, but I'm intrigued. I think it is worthy of research because I kind of see what's going on here. There is some weird shit with, with some architecture around the world. Um, and it's like, it seems like 15 or 20 feet of mud came rolling up on these old buildings and it, you know buried them up to one story and then we just built like stairs up to the second story and just like built a new door 
and stuff and then the windows are halfway buried and stuff and and there's just a whole section of the building which is underground which doesn't make sense from an engineering standpoint like why are these people burying their windows in 10 feet of mud and we, it just doesn't really make sense so and that's just you know very you know the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the mud flood it's a fun name mud flood sounds like a fucking like a honky tonk band hey we're mud flood <laughs> uh or it sounds like you know kind of like a cleveland steamer or a dirty sanchez like dude i gave this chick a mud flood the other day <laughs> we've all had a mud flood once or twice before don't lie it's fun it's like a dutch oven but you know i don't know if there was a mud flood they they claim that there's a race of people called the tartarians and they're supposed to be this advanced race of people who were had colonized much of the world and and had some shit popping and then uh and then they were just wiped out they got mud flooded and then all, all evidence of them has been erased except for their architecture because they were the finest builders and one thing i had i saw mentioned i, I kind of conspiracyed out last night on some youtube videos smoke some weed and watch this shit and uh this guy was talking about San Francisco. Now, supposedly San Francisco started popping off after the gold rush of 1849. Some some guy found some gold in the hills of California. And then, you know, hundreds of thousands of people came barreling into the California, Nevada, you know, the Sierra Nevada mountain range and started looking for gold, trying to make their fortune. And most people were unsuccessful and a few people were. And this is how San Francisco got built. It became the most important city on the West Coast uh, because this was all very new territory back in these times. There were still a lot of Indian people here who we had to murder uh, to steal their land. And, you know, they put they, they found this nice bay and we're like, shit, this is cool. You know, we could build a big orange bridge here and fucking hang out, put a prison on an island, and this will be the spot. We'll call it San Francisco. Uh, but... You know, there was nothing much going on there prior to 1849, but once the gold rush happened, the 49ers came in, and uh, that's when people started chilling there. And then, But then you look at how quickly this city was built, and it just blows your mind. Like, it takes fucking five years to build a shed around here where I live in 2020 Carson City, Nevada, but somehow they they were able to build all these magnificent cathedrals and and giant buildings all in a matter of like 2 months and they just built thousands and thousands and thousands of these structures and made this gigantic city um just out of nowhere and then that's that and you could see old pictures of like a panoramic view of um San Francisco which was are pretty amazing and that's one of the thing they bring up with the mud flood they're like how did they do this how the fuck, you know, where did they get the materials? There was no railroads. And and they kind of bring up some interesting points. And I started thinking, I was like, damn, that's, I don't fucking know, man. And I, I have difficulty believing in the mud flood. I can see the chemtrails. I can see the 9-11 shit, you know, because you can actually analyze that and go deeply into it and be like, okay, this is bullshit. The official story is not real. But when you're looking at something in history hundreds of years ago, and it's just so far out there. You got to be like, I don't know about this shit, man. That's That doesn't make sense. But the thing with San Francisco and how it was built so quickly 
and so intricately and you know beautifully designed with with all this amazing architecture that would have required uh, at least a lot of you know materials and stuff and and ways of forging these materials it, it's kind of brings a question in your mind like damn how they do this but then again they could have just fucking done it man humans are capable of some crazy shit i'm not saying san francisco is some ancient city that people have been inhabiting for thousands of years and but, but i don't know it just seems like it was built really fast if nothing else they did a good job on that city and built it very quickly good job san francisco builders it was the chinese who did it yeah the chinese built the railroads they were in the mines they were doing all kinds of stuff Virginia City is a similar city. It was once the richest place in the whole entire world. During the Comstock Load era, there was bazillions of bazillions of pounds of silver and stuff being pulled out of this mountain. And uh, that's where Mark Twain got his name. Good old Sam Clemens changed his name to Mark Twain up there once he uh, started writing for the Territory Gazette, was it? I don't know. Whatever the um, newspaper in Virginia City was. And apparently Virginia City built San Francisco. But I don't know. I'm saying all of this stuff with no base whatsoever. Don't listen to me. I'm just blabbering. But like I said, man, I've been I've been on some weird conspiracy shit. I'm asking questions. I'm not being a good boy. I'm thinking for myself. Maybe I'm not though. Maybe maybe this is what they want me to do. Another video and and phenomena rather that I've been researching has to do with the Jets. You know, I'm in the Jets, man. I'm, I've been watching these chemtrails for a long time. I'm sick of these motherfuckers. They're spraying all this stuff into the atmosphere, ionizing the atmosphere, and, and it's just, it's weird. You can see it up there. Like, the clouds are fucking purple and green, and like, dude, you guys aren't noticing this shit? The way the light's refracting off of these clouds, you think this is normal? Why doesn't anyone care about this shit? Nobody gives a fuck, dude. It drives me fucking crazy. I mean, I've learned to accept it. It's been long enough now where it's like, okay, everyone's just fucking stupid, you know? <laughs> what other conclusion can you come to when all of this stuff is happening right before our eyes and nobody cares? But, uh, anyways, about the Jets. Now, there are people out there in this world who think that Jets do not use jet fuel. I mean, they may use a little bit of jet fuel, but not as much as we are led to believe. Now, we, that's kind of a weird thing to think, right? Like, well, okay, what the fuck does that mean? But apparently these jet engines are designed in such a way where they operate under, like, compressed air rather than, than jet fuel. And I guess the reasoning behind it, why they would have this, you know, giant airline conspiracy that must involve bazillions of people... Uh, but so does the chemtrail thing and they do that successfully. So I guess it's not beyond, you know, beyond their scope of capabilities. Um, but apparently the reason why they lie about the, the real energy source for these planes and these jets that use these jet turbines is because they're getting people to pay, you know, all this money to, for the fuel. If it's not running off of, you know, some extremely expensive fuel, then the tickets would be much cheaper and the airlines wouldn't be making as much money. Apparently, I guess that's the the idea behind it. And then it's also the implications that come from this type of technology existing. Like, why are we still, why is it not in cars yet or something? If, if we're able to have this giant fucking hunk of metal 
fly across the air, you know, that weighs a million pounds, then why can't we get our cars to run off of something similar and not have to pay all this money for fuel? But we all know that those in power don't want that type of technology to come out to the public because, you know, there's so much of an agenda around the fossil fuels that, you know, they just want us stuck on it. They want us using fossil fuels, but not using fossil fuels, if that makes any sense whatsoever, because they have to have the climate change thing, you know, so they can take all of our rights away and, and make it so we have to live in these smart cities and we can't travel anywhere. So they have to to use the, the climate change and the fossil fuels. The fossil fuels are fueling the climate change, supposedly, was creating this CO2 and fucking up the environment. Therefore, we have to transfer over all of our rights, you know, what little ones we have to the government. We have to be you know, give them extra money and stuff like that. We can't drive any cars. So we're just going to be stuck on mass transit inside of these smart cities and we can't do our own thing anymore, which is total control by the government, which is the ultimate goal of the new world order, along with depopulation and just complete obliteration of everything that used to be. But so, so fossil fuels play a part in that. And, you know, if we, if we reveal this technology that exists that that doesn't need the fossil fuel and that just kind of uses the ether around us and the existing energy that's everywhere and just kind of harnesses it and channels it into you know modes of propulsion then it would totally uh, you know fuck up that agenda that they're trying to do so it makes sense why they wouldn't come out with this technology and, and also it's about money you know you make more money by selling somebody a fuel if there's no fuel to be sold then you ain't making no money and you can't control where people go and what people do. Everyone would just be mobile and it would be inexpensive and, you know, there'd be too many people running around having fun and shit. So, um, yeah, they, they think basically the premise behind this is they tell you that like a giant Airbus, these these planes that fit like 500 people and all of this luggage and fuel and all this stuff, they say that the fuel goes in through the wings and they have to have like, Eight, no, fuck, it's some astronomical number, like 20,000 gallons of fuel in each wing, which would weigh as much as 80 Camaros. So you have like 80 full 2018 Camaros on the wings of this airplane, which the wing is like a foot thick, and it has all of this gadgetry in it. There's all of these hoses and, and valves and hydraulic pumps, and, and the fucking wings bend, and they do all this amazing stuff that can't be explained when you have all of this fuel in there because the fuel weighs a lot. It weighs a lot, you know? It, it would be fucking everything up so, and it just wouldn't fit in there. First of all, because of the weight and second of all, it just, it doesn't seem like they have the capacity to fit that much liquid fuel inside of these wings. So that's one of the things they break, they um talk about they also go into how some of these planes can take off and it's almost like they're just levitating out of nowhere and they can go straight up and you can look this up it's called a uh, like most impressive vertical takeoffs of jets and like they'll be going down the runway and then all of a sudden they just make like a fucking 90 degree you know straight up turn and they're just cruising up it's fucking amazing it's like dude how do they do that i mean it's absolutely amazing feats of engineering and uh I don't know. It doesn't make sense if you got a bunch of liquid fuel sloshing around in there. How are they doing all this amazing stuff? It almost seems like it's some sort of anti-gravity, like levitation, fucking weird shit. 
and uh, you know, research that if you're into it. If you're if you're on the, into some fringe shit, which I think you are, since you're listening to this, research that stuff about how uh, you know jets aren't using any liquid fuel. I find it intriguing, and I I uh, I don't know. I just I don't see. It's a if you look at a jet engine and the way it's designed, there's nothing really like it. It doesn't look like a traditional engine like you would find in a car or something. It's very unique, you know, the way it's made. It's very symmetrical, and this is one of the things they mention is that the reason why a jet engine works the way it does and it, it doesn't need as much liquid fuel as we're led to believe is because it utilizes the Fibonacci sequence, which is the golden ratio, and. Uh, Victor Schauberger talked about this. He he mimicked nature and the way water spirals and tornadoes and, and stuff like this. And there's a way to extract energy from the universe when you mimic this, this special ratio and this special movement. It just makes it so you can extract energy from the ether and, and use it. And uh, maybe that's what they're doing with these jets, man. If These jets, son. The jet suns. I don't know, but I find it very intriguing and I, and worth worth doing some more research because we've been lied to about everything else. There's bigger lies than this. This is small potatoes compared to some other shit. You know, they're already using the planes to spray us with fucking who knows what. Maybe it wouldn't be too far-fetched to say that uh, they're not using a bunch of fuel in them. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like minuscule in comparison to some of the other stuff they're doing to us, spraying us with the nanoparticles and and turning us into fucking, like, robots and... Ugh. Just doing all kinds of crazy shit. Mud flooding us. Motherfuckers are mud flooding us, son. It's terrible. I don't know if they are or not. Uh, it'd be interesting to see the next nut mud flood. And one day I walk out of my house and I can't. I open the door and there's a mud, bunch of mud flows into my doorway and then... Then we all die, I guess. Unless you're climbing a tree or something that day, which is why you should be out climbing a tree. You know, at least two hours a day should be spent climbing a, a nice sized oak tree. Maybe an elm if that's all you have. Uh, yeah, a pine tree would do as well, but pine trees are a little sketchy to climb. You know, the 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 branches tend to be a little brittle, easy to break. You know. Unless you're a bear or a mountain lion. And I am neither. Although I did hit a mountain lion on my bicycle. But that's neither here nor there. Now, let's go back to architecture. Because back in the day, back in the good old fucking days that are just far off in history now, they had these amusement parks that were absolutely amazing. And... They had these giant Ferris wheels. Have you seen these? Look these up. It's a, you know, look up 1800s Ferris wheel. And the guy who invented the Ferris wheel lived in the town where I'm from. His name was George Ferris. You can go uh, to the old west side of Carson City and you could see George's mansion. And he got inspiration for the Ferris wheel by watching water wheels on the Carson River that were used to, you know, the, the river flows through, it turns the water wheel, and then you can grind some grain or do whatever. I think over here they were using it more for mining and for crushing up the, the granite and the quartz and extracting the ore from it. But um, George saw this shit. He was sitting there one day smoking his pipe, you know, skipping rocks, 
and he said, man, that's pretty cool. What if we threw some motherfuckers in that shit and spun them around? And then he invented the Ferris wheel. And uh, you should see these fucking Ferris wheels that were at some of these amusement parks back in the day, like old Coney Island, you know, from late 1800s New York City was just phenomenal. I mean, it is absolutely amazing. There was also a Ferris wheel at the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago where Nikola Tesla was supposed to have gone there and uh, lit that whole shit up. And, you know, he, he unveiled his AC electricity and that's what, you know, fueled this 1893 World's Fair in Chicago, which was just absolutely amazing. All the stuff they had there, the the architecture, the games, the rides, it was just fucking awesome. And they had this Ferris wheel there that was like, they had like a bus for each, you know, in a regular Ferris wheel now, you have like a couple seats, you could fit maybe like four people on it. Well, this one, they had, like, bus-sized fucking rooms that you just chill in, and then the shit's just humongous, and it's going around in a circle, and there's, like, thousands of people on this thing. It's just like, how did they make this back then? You know, how did they have this technology, and why don't we have anything like this now? You could look at these old amusement parks and how well they were built and just how beautiful they were, the attention to detail. I mean, look at the fucking merry-go-rounds on these motherfuckers. It's just amazing, and it's like, what happened? You know, these people were thoroughly entertained with some cool shit. And you see everyone around there walking around in their suits with their hats, their fucking ties on, the women wearing these beautiful dresses and gowns. Everyone just looks ballin', man. They look like they're having a great fucking time. And then now you go to the amusement park, and bro, people look pathetic, man. (laughs) These play, everyone's fat and ugly and... I don't know, man. It just doesn't look like it did back then. I I want to go to these times. If I could time travel, I would go back to one of these fucking amusement parks just to check it out. They had like the log rides, you know, the water log rides that you jump in and fucking splash about. It was fantastic. We don't have anything like that anymore. We got like Six Flags, which is impressive. It's fun. It's cool. It's all right. But it's not like how it used to be, man. I'm just an antiquarian. Look that word up. Fucking antiquarian. But yeah, that's real shit, man, with those those old carnivals and uh, amusement parks and stuff. It, it really brings some questions to mind. It's like, fuck, bro, they mud flood this shit? But what, else, what also corresponds with the mud flood is these fires. You know, all of these beautiful cities, they had these giant fires, you know, around the same time period that destroyed them and... And then they built, rebuilt them with not as good of architecture, I guess. I don't know. Maybe the amusement parks just weren't financially lucrative. So they got rid of them for that purpose. I'm not quite sure. All I know is I wish we still had them. And I wish George Ferris had a, had a monument to his uh, Ferris wheel here. We should have one of those in Carson City. Fucking get on that shit, guys. Mayor. Mayor Kroll. Fucking dumbass. Yeah, I don't like that guy. Anyways, what else we got going on? It's the, it's the last day of the year, man. Heading into 2020. Who even knows if it's 2020? Who makes this shit up? It could be 3050. It could be year two. I don't know. I mean, I'm 26, but, you know, maybe it's year two. Maybe I was born in 24, 
B7 or something. Who gives the names of this shit? George Carlin has a bit about that too. Time is just an idea. I mean, it's it's whatever. You know, we're going around the sun supposedly. Some people don't even believe that anymore. Who the fuck knows? Most people didn't believe that for a long time. Everyone thought that the sun and the stars and shit went around us. And then Galileo came across and he's like, dude, I built a telescope and I don't think so. And then they're like, fuck you, Galileo. You're going to jail, bro. You're going to die. And then they killed him and, you know, that was that. But as far as our calendars go, in America... In England and a lot of the world, I don't. I think China's on some other shit. But here it is. It is the end of a year, and the beginning of a new year. So what are you gonna do with it? Do you have any goals for this year? It's probably important that you make some goals. Probably do it sooner than later. Do you want to stop doing something? Do you want to start doing something? Do you want to tie a vest of dynamite to your chest and run into? a heavily populated area and explode yourself, you know, just think outside the box, man. Do whatever you want. I don't know where you would get one of those. You could probably make one. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But you got to do something, man. We're heading for the future. I know that. And I don't like it. I don't like the future, man. I don't like being on camera all the time. I don't like being fucking listened to all the time. I don't like how we're not allowed to say certain words or, 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 you know, talk about certain things. It's just, we're headed to a bad place, man. The, just the re the restructuring of society and this PC culture and the new world order, like agenda, Illuminati, weird shit that's going on. I don't like it. And, uh, that's the reason why I give this podcast to talk about how I don't like this shit and to other people who don't like this shit. But 2020, hopefully, will be a big year for me as far as uh, my music goes. I do rap, you know. I'm a, I'm a rapper. I'm a SoundCloud rapper. What can I say? I wear many hats. But I have a couple albums I want to put out. I say that all the time, but it's about done. I got, like, some in-between shit that I'm going to release. I should have done that today. I'm just such a procrastinator. So many things to do. So many excuses to be made. But uh, changing my name. I'm not Homage anymore. I'm Homage the Lion Killer. Fuck you if you don't like that shit, motherfucker. Homage the Lion Killer in the house. I did kill a lion on my mountain bike. It's a true story. You can research that. Fucking Snopes that shit or Scopes or whatever it's called. I don't give a fuck. I killed a lion. I uh, demand to be you know, called by Homage the Lion Killer. Anything else is just blasphemy. Or you can call me David. Because David killed Goliath. And, you know, as long as I'm killing something big and badass, then you can call me that. That's fine. But no, really the reason... (laughs) I did kill... I don't know if the lion died. He ran off. He might have died later. But I battled with the lion. But Hamas the lion battler doesn't sound cool. Hamas the lion killer has some powerful fucking force to it. Like, Hamas the lion killer! You see that shit? Like, that's cool. I think I just clipped out this this microphone. But it's fine, man. You know, I killed a lion. It's no big deal. You know, it's, you know I have plenty of people do it. <laughs> Not, well, I'm fucking badass, man. That's why I'm homage the lion killer. Uh, but no, the real reason why I did it is because there's like 
six other homages out there, and it's like, what the fuck, dude? You get your own fucking name, and then you, you can't even type my shit into like Apple or um, you know, Spotify without coming up with some other douchebag. And it's like, dude, this fucking whack. It's just the age of the internet now. Everyone's got the same name. People just thinking of the same shit, and uh, it's hard to be unique. But I figure if I just make my name long enough, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's unmistakable at that point. At that point. So, I'm now Hamas the Lion Killer, and that's the story behind that. Um, with regards to that, yeah, I've been selling cars. I've been back at it for a few months now, almost four months. Terrible month this year for me. I realize nobody has any... Any pity or, you know, nobody feels bad for a car salesman. People fucking hate car sales. Dude, people fucking hate me. I go to talk people, talk to people at my job, and they just fucking hate you, dude. Like, they want nothing to do with you. They fucking give you the cold shoulder. Like, they're such dicks, some of these people. And it's just because I'm a car salesman. If I was walking up and I was not selling them something or whatever, then it would be totally different. I don't know, but maybe it wouldn't be. Maybe some people are just like this all the time, in which case I don't understand how they still survive and exist in this world, but people just hate car salesmen, and for some reason, my dumbass became a car salesman, and I just deal with, ah, man, the most ridiculous people, but like I said, they probably say that about me too. They're like, damn, this guy's a dick. One moment. Close my door. Interruptions. Fucking interruptions, man. But yeah, people hate car salesmen, and car salesmen hate people. It's a vicious cycle, and it's never going to change. But it's my own fault for wanting to make money to pursue my dreams. I don't plan on being a car salesman for long, man. I'm really trying to go after this music shit, you know, buy a bunch of merchandise, advertise properly, and hopefully do that. But it's kind of a dumb fucking goal to go after as well because there's a million people doing that. But somebody's got to do it. It's worth a shot, right? I'm having fun. But I'm not having fun selling cars. Sometimes it's fun. When you make a lot of money, it's cool. It's like, damn, this shit's fucking easy. All I did was show this guy a car, and we drove around the block, and that's that. I made 500 bucks. That's dope. But lately, it hasn't been like that, so it's not dope. But nobody likes to hear someone bitch about their job. So maybe in 2020, I'll get a new job. Maybe in 2020, I'll have no job and just work for myself. That's feasible. Just got to hustle, man. Unfortunately, in this society we live in, money is a requirement, a big one. And uh, there's no way around that. Nobody wants to be a poor-ass person, you know. There's nothing cool about being broke. Trust me. I've been there. I'm always there. Nah, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I I always say that. That's like my transition. But um, nobody likes hearing that. I apologize for that. All my listeners out there, all two and a half of you, if you're out there, if you hear me, if there's anybody out there. Nah, for real though, I am very appreciative of everyone who listens to this. And, um, you know, I hope you gain some value from it. I had one guy who who messaged me. Uh, what up, Dan? I think his name was. Said so he was trying to uh, sign up for like a monthly thing to give me a, a few bucks every month, which I appreciate because I have it costs money to host all these things and stuff, the streaming sites and whatnot. Um, 
And I appreciate that. So if you want to donate, you can go to my website, homage.com. That's H0MAGE.com. Uh, there's a little donate thing where you can donate through PayPal and help me put up content like this. If not, it's fine. You can still listen. It's cool. I don't like asking for money. I got money. I don't have much, but I have enough. I have enough. I have a lot more than a lot of people in a lot of places. I learned that when I was traveling, man. It's the poverty across the world in, in some of these countries, Southeast Asia, the Philippines, Indonesia, Cambodia, Laos, it's just fucking crazy man people there are people who would give anything to have the opportunities that we have in these uh first world countries until they get here and they start doing they're like damn this sucks too (laughs) just the way it goes folks but you know that being said i hope you guys have a very very happy new year now be safe out there don't drink and drive cops are going to be out tonight they're they're looking to fuck you over there's going to be uh what do they have the 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 fucking stops man the dui checkpoints watch out for those things man don't drink and drive it's not worth it kill yourself or someone you love or a dog or something i don't know it's not a good idea you might crash your car i've done that it's not cool man so be smart out there make good decisions you know have a great time go party do what you gotta do Get it out of your system. Ring in the new year the right way. Kiss someone. All right, guys. Peace out. Talk to you later. Hey, yo, I spit the bars mean. Repertoire is supreme. Rappers up the par, strewn out few and far in between. Never sleep, but I keep on trying to harness the dream. Keep shining while the demons try and tarnish the gleam. Fucking seen it all before, and I ain't even that old. New folks that I meet seem like people I know. As you grow, notice that you're not as smart as you thought. Every person's gotta learn. No one starts at the top, get socked in the jaw. Why you trying to talk like you're slick, boy? You're bringing kid toys to a war with the big boys. I enjoy a challenge, I don't run from a fight. Rumbling. Tight, but when it gets a gun with a knife, get bludgeoned and slice. You'll be resembling mush. Hemoglobin's my adrenochrome, adrenaline rush. Your death is a must. Fan full of sorrow and gloom. Sorry, buddy, ain't no bright tomorrow for you. And hey, yo, I like sorrow, cause without it, any life's hollow. Bad dark days followed by a bright tomorrow. While you wallow in grief, I keep pursuing dreams. That's what separates you and me. Hey, yo, I like sorrow, cause without it, any life's hollow. Bad dark days followed by a bright tomorrow. While you Following grief, I keep pursuing dreams That's what separates you and me But bright tomorrows won't console me for the darkness today Where I stays the opposite of any marvelous place It's hard to escape, born into this war that we fight I incinerate myself to keep you warm every night Glorious life, battlefield where nobody wins Hopefully I'll know relief, and we'll grow to be friends Emotion begins, where logic can stop More often than not, I'm caught in the spot That got me off of the straw Cops hit the citizens with indiscriminate killing Fucking ignorant villains, slay a kid while he's chilling I ain't feeling what you're making You're a fucking disgrace Drag you out into the ice Shoot a puck at your face Like I'm running in place Wasting energy for nothing My tendency to suffer Is what my enemies are loving Eventually I'll bump into my destiny's path Bright tomorrows will have dark days Left in the past Hey yo I like sorrow Cause without it any life's hollow Bad dark days followed by a bright
fight tomorrow While you wallow in grief, I keep pursuing dreams That's what separates you and me Hey yo, I like sorrow Cause without it, any life's hollow Bad dark days followed by a bright tomorrow While you wallow in grief, I keep pursuing dreams That's what separates you and me Yo, it's dark as night You start the fight and you'll be scarred for life This artist writes a lot of runners cause my heart is ice A kid was dying, arteries were torn apart and sliced Till I saved it when I spit saliva and it cauterized I'm divine, put the light inside of God and Christ I'm the guy installing pipe between your daughter's thighs I'm the butcher about to slay your dead with carving knives All the fucking bitches and the babies better guard their eyes Take the people on a journey, every bar is nice All you gotta learn about is what being retarded's like I'm sounding like the God Rock him when I be on the mic Younger ones sounding dumb as fuck cause no one taught them right Possess everything that matters so it's hard to gripe I'm from the desert of Nevada, I'm a Carsonite When I'm enticed by the darkness, I borrow light That's the only way I know to make tomorrow bright